All right. So welcome to another episode of Heated Conversations. Super excited for our episode that we have. Um, today we have former Canadian UCLA Bruin, Peng Peng Lee, joining the podcast. Super for her to talk about her story, talk about her her experience um, being a Canadian a Bruin, and then kind of talking a little bit about her setbacks, some of the things that you know she had to deal deal with as an athlete, and how she overcame those things and was able to become who we all know Peng Peng Lee is. Welcome to the show, Peng Peng. How are you? Good. I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to take a walk back down memory lane. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, super excited that you join. Um, I talked to your former head coach and as well as one of your close teammates, Janae Honest, and they had a lot of awesome things to talk, uh, say about you and your uh, perseverance and who you were as a person and your character. Um, also, one of the things Ms. Val uh, mentioned is your family and how supportive your family is. And I think that's super important in this, um, especially in the sport of gymnastics, to have a great support system, especially in a sport that feels like we're by ourselves a lot, especially mm -hmm. because we compete by ourselves and not necessarily against other people, but we're um, we're competing against ourselves and against the scores and making sure that we can improve each opportunity we have on each apparatus to be able to be the best gymnast we possibly can, which can be mentally and physically demanding. And um, from, you know, some of the things that I know about you, you're able to conquer some things where gymnastics wasn't always your friend, right? Um, in the sport of gymnastics, we could get hurt all the time. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> opportunities to get hurt, like just walking into the gym, you know, there's opportunities to really get hurt. There's opportunities to get hurt every time we do something we've done a million times before, like a round off rebound coming down and having certain injuries. Or sometimes it's some of the huge flight things that we're doing, either tumbling or vault or even on the bars or balance beam where, you know, that a lot of time it's mentally and um, even physically, you know, fearing for athletes just because, you know, falling on that, uh, four inch beam doesn't feel good, especially from, um, as high as, as high as it is. And, you know, um, those types of things, you know, can really cause people to kind of feel paralysis. But your story, um, I think is going to be super inspirational for our listeners and our viewers. And I kind of want to tap in to your story. Um, I'll, I first want to start with how did you start gymnastics? When did gymnastics start for you? Yeah, so I think like most gymnasts, I was super hyper, like bouncing off the walls. My mom, uh, we had a local gym, so my mom and my dad were like, we need to put her in gymnastics. So I would go, I started gymnastics when I was four. I got invited to go to do a competitive program at five, but I actually quit gymnastics when I was seven, and not a lot of people know that because I think they just see like, oh, she was on the Canadian team and all that stuff, but I actually, I hated it when I was younger. Like I really liked it at four, but then when I went to the competitive program, it it was so much conditioning. It wasn't a lot of fun. And I'm like, why am I in pain at six years old? So I actually ended up quitting when I was seven and came back to gymnastics when I was eight. Cool. So what was the thing when you quit and then came back? What reignited the fire for you to be able to come back? Yeah. So my parents love putting us in activities. So, um, it, they always want us to do like tennis camp, golf camp. I did a theater camp. I did a pottery camp, like any camp you could name. So when I was seven, I pretty much, 
I didn't like gymnastics, so we were trying to, you know, do a lot of things more for fun. Yeah. And uh, I got on a soccer team. I was yeah, um, doing a lot of different sports and arts. And so when I was eight, we moved cities. And there was a gym that was really close by. And my mom was kind of like looking up activities for us to do again. And so she asked if I wanted to do gymnastics again, and I said, only if it's for fun. So I did a week trial at a, my local gym club, and it was so much fun. There was like everyone was laughing, and my coach um, told us that we, I was the right age to start competing. So then she said, you know, you can get floor routines, and I was seeing people my age get floor routines, and they were wearing pretty leotards, and um, it, just, it just looked like a blast. There was no pressure, and... Um, it, it was a very recreational gym and I said, yeah, sure. Like I'll, I'll try it again. And I was having so much fun and that's kind of what reignited my love for gymnastics is I was learning so many new things and just having a ton of fun in the gym. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Especially the, you know, learning the new things and being able to feel like you're growing a lot. Right. Yeah. I tell my athletes this all the time. I'm like, conditioning is not something that you really enjoy and it's not necessarily... Yeah. <laughs> meant for you to enjoy it's meant for you, you to to build you both mentally and physically right mm -hmm. uh, sometimes some people like that just because they understand like w what's really being taught through it but if you don't and you just feel like you have to do this then mm -hmm. it's not fun at all but being able to do yes. this <laughs> doing the skills and all that stuff um really makes it a lot more enjoyable now going from um the, the, you know, rec type of gym that you're in, how long did you stay at that gym for? So I was at that gym for a year and a half. So I really wasn't there for that long. And I remember I was learning really fast. So my coach was kind of, I showed her what I had. I think I had a round up back handspring back tuck at the time. And so we were learning like full twists and it was a very, a smaller gym. So there wasn't a, you know, a proper pit. They, there was like a pole in the middle of the floor. <laughs> it was a very, very, recreational but um just great coaching and she actually told us like if you want to progress i don't think i can take you there and i think she saw potential in me and i was actually other coaches from other gym clubs were coming up to my parents saying like i would love for her to come to my gym and uh, the thing that sparked you know me going into a new gym and really blossoming was the scheduling of the recreational gym you know you go to school you kind of train throughout dinner, you kind of eat dinner late, you still have homework. And there was this elite program called Sports Seneca Gym Club. And they started at 7 a.m. and ended at 6 p.m. And it was like the perfect schedule. And they only had elite athletes. Okay. And so it, we then at, at 10 years old, <laughs> we were like, oh, that sounds perfect. My dad could drop me off as he goes to work and pick me back up like on his way back from work and I could eat dinner. The weekends were off. Like the scheduling was amazing. And they they had produced many Olympians in the past. And it was kind of at that point when I was at that past gym club, I was getting more interested in gymnastics. I didn't know the Olympics was a thing. I never really grew up watching gymnastics. So they kind of told me all these things and I was getting really excited. And I said, you know what? I would love to try out for that other gym club and my parents are all on board. And, um, that's kind of how my gymnastics really started blossoming. Once I went into that elite gym program. Very cool. And what, mm -hmm. cities or what provinces, um, were you like, where you, where you from, like lived, um, in this time as well as where was this gym located? Yeah. So, uh, I was in, I'm in Richmond Hill, Ontario. So, which is kind of like, 
near Toronto. You know, a lot of people in Toronto will be like, that's not Toronto, but I'm, I'm close by. <laughs> um, but my, uh, gym club was in Toronto. So, uh, we would commute. I'm only 15 minutes away from the gym. So again, I'm not that far, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it, it was, it was great. It was close to my house. Right off the highway, um, it was actually a part of Sports Seneca College, and it was a super special program. So we did school and gym all in the same building, and we were able to do everything efficiently. So it was gym from 7 to 10.30, school from 10.30 to 4, and then we go back to school from 4 to 6. And so since I was there from grade 5 to grade 8, um, we were in the exact same building. You're kind of with your teammates at school. Um, it was a rhythmic gymnastics, artistic gymnastics, and figure skating program. Okay. So it was a very small class. Like, I think I graduated in grade eight with three people. But right. um, and in high school, the high school kids would get take a bus. So they would actually, when I went to high school for grade nine, they bused us to high school. So it was a great program. Like, I tell you, I'm so lucky to have this program because it made my life so easy. I got home, got to eat dinner with my family. I got the weekends off to, you know, do my singing and all the, I did acting classes on the weekends and, um, it was great. And again, they, I was on the national team and I was getting results. So it's not, you know, it was a very efficient way of doing gymnastics and training. Yeah. And what was the total hours? Um, I only trained 25 hours a week. So wow. it was, yeah, it was just wild because when I, talked to my other teammates coming into UCLA. They were like only 25. But I remember when uh, my first international competition was actually with um, Sean and Ivana Hong and all them. And I remember listening to Sean's story and she only trained like 25 hours a week too. So I'm like, okay, it's not abnormal. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, during your practice, you guys were pretty efficient and moved, I, I would assume moved yeah. pretty like quickly, like had a lot of, a lot of volume in that time. Like you did a lot. Yeah, like we were never standing still. I remember going into practice and there was never a time where we were just like, you know, sit like sitting still. It was always like, hey, if you're on the bars then you can do bar drills and then you can do this. And, you know, we had a lot of fun, but it was a very small program. So I think there was probably about 20 girls, kind of like a college team yeah. but from age eight to high school. So yeah. it was a very specific program and it was only elite athletes, only high performance athletes. So the program was very small and there was uh, four coaches and they were able to, you know, coach us efficiently on all events. Yeah, that's cool. Now, who are coaches and um, can you talk about a little bit how they were mentors to you or what kind of insights that you got from them as coaches and what influences they were on you? Yeah, so I was only at this gym club from age 10 to age 15 because I had an injury at 15. So my coaches were Carol Angel Orchard and Brian McVeigh, and they were my main coaches at the time during my elite career. And uh, they had taught me a lot about perseverance. They taught me a lot about hard work and they definitely, you know, molded my gymnastics. Like I give them a lot of credit for being amazing coaches and really teaching me good fundamentals, good basics, and also um, good mentality going into competition and um, all that stuff. And they really created my athletic habit, I would say, of being competitive, but also, you know, um, trying to find your place and get in the zone and all that stuff. And they, they were amazing. Like they really helped me progress and taught me 
majority of my gymnastics. Yeah, very cool. So you you mentioned that you had gotten hurt at 15. Yes. Um, yes. And what was that injury? So it's funny because everyone asks, what happened? But nothing happened. Like there's not like something that was like, oh, my back. But um, I had spondylolisthesis and spondylolysis. And, you know, I was... 15 is a very delicate age for a female <laughs> and I was going through puberty at the time. And so I was growing a lot. And so what I kind of, when I look back at it, I think I was growing and doing gymnastics at the same time. So my spine was unstable and unfortunately started slipping. So I was sneezing at home. I was like going to the bathroom and I would try to put things off the floor and I would just start crying because I was in so much pain. So my dad's like, this is not normal for a 14 year old kid to be like like I looked like a grandparent (laughs) I was very not functional and so um I ended up seeing a back specialist and you know we had been training and uh, this was right after 2008 Olympics and I was a year too young so I was very motivated and was like oh I I could taste like myself going to the Olympics because I had won two events out of the four against all these seniors who are trying out for the Olympics and um, I just remember seeing the back specialist and he looked at my results and my scans and he was like, you need to stop gymnastics right now. And I was like, oh my God, why? He said, your spine is slipping. If it slips any further, you could become paralyzed waist down. And if you continue to do gymnastics, that is highly likely. And so I freaked out. I panicked. Um, I unfortunately had a teammate in the gym who did become a quadriplegic and a year before. And it, it was uh, it just it was a very hard year. It was a big shock that he had told me um, the news, and I freaked out as a 15-year-old. I was like, oh, my God, we have to stop. And so he told me it's very unlikely you're going to come back and do gymnastics again. Your back is very important. You're, only, you're so young. You need it. And I kind of went into, like, a depressive shock at the time. And I, I was very upset. Like, it was like my whole world had ended. My whole life was gymnastics, you know, and I was looking forward to it. I was doing well in the gym. But unfortunately, I, it, it those words just freaked me out. And I said, I have I have to we have to stop. So he said, you're only allowed to do planks, bird dogs. You can't run. You can't jump. I need you to stabilize your back. And so he actually taught me how to get out of bed. He taught me how to, like, sit on a toilet. He taught me how to, like sit in class. I wasn't allowed to carry a backpack. So I had to have a rolly bag in high school, which is always, you know, great for your confidence in high school (laughs) already. I had like a blow up pillow in high school that I had to bring. But, um, my, my parents, this is where my parents are just amazing. They always told me to look at the silver lining and things. And they're like, well, maybe if you can't do gymnastics, like this is an opportunity for you to be like a regular kid and hang out with your friends, go to high school parties, like do all the things that you couldn't, wouldn't be able to do, like go to the semi-formal and whatever. And so um, I actually ended up signing up for acting classes and I signed back up for singing lessons. I got I picked up a guitar at that time because my parents were like, there's so many things you still can do. And yeah. even if they're not physical, you can still do acting classes. Like you can still do um, the music side of stuff. And so there was a lot of things that I had focused on during that time. And I, I loved I honestly loved my time off. Like I didn't really know what was, what life was going to present itself, but um, I was just enjoying being a regular student and uh, really focusing on healing my back. Yeah, no, that's very good. 
And, you know, during that time, you know, you mentioned how your parents are supportive and your coaches, how did they take that information at the time? You know, were they pretty like on board with what the doctors were saying and had, you know, work with you on plan to be able to work on those things, you know, um, if you came to the gym prior to stopping? Yeah, I remember um, they were asking, you know, like, do, do you still want to train and all that stuff? And I was like, I can't. Like, I think the the way the doctor had presented my injury and what could happen really freaked me out. And they understood. They completely understood. And, um, you know, we were saying, well, why don't we just see what happens in a year? And, you know, we'll just come back. And right now, like, I'm not a gymnast. I was off the Canadian national team. Like, everyone said that. I had a bad back injury, like I wasn't coming back, and um, my coaches are very supportive, so they, you know, obviously, if a doctor says so, like, they're not going to go against it, and um, it was a very interesting time, for sure. Yeah, so what was the transition then from, you know, finding out that you had a back injury to mm-hmm. gymnastics, or having to stop gymnastics due to the injury, but, you know, being able to be a kid... And then getting back to where you did gymnastics. Yeah, so it was interesting. So this is where the college gymnastics came in, and it it was very unorthodox. So I had a teammate who went to UCLA. I had never heard of UCLA. (laughs) I'm from Canada. Like, I had only heard of Yale and um, Harvard. The ones that are, like, in Stanford. The ones that are in the movies are the only ones I've, like, really heard of. And UCLA was very unfamiliar to me. It's, like, on the other side of the country. And so... Um, I had a teammate who went to UCLA and she called me one day and she, you know, she was four years older than me. So, but we were still in the same competitive group. And so she called me and I was even like surprised. And she just said, Penguins, you have to come check out UCLA. I'm having so much fun. And I'm like, this is the same girl who was not having a great time in the gym. Like I I couldn't believe it. And I was telling my parents, I said, well, she told us to come down. And she said, she's having a lot of fun. I have to check it out because, you know, like she, she was leading up to 2008 and it was a very hard time for her in the gym. So seeing her smile in the gym was a very rare thing. And I'm thinking in my head, like, I have to check this out. <laughs> this, is, this is unbelievable to me. So my yeah. whole family and I took a trip out to California. I had met Michelle for what I thought was the first time. She had been to our gym multiple times and I really don't remember her <laughs> there. Um, I, you know, college gymnastics isn't popular in Canada. So to me, my goal was 2012 be done do entertainment. Like that was kind of like my goal. And so, um, when I got to UCLA, I thought it was very similar to elite gymnastics. And that's why I was like, there's no way I'm doing it after 2012. And so when I went there, it was like an organized chaos is what I (laughs) explained it. They looked like they were having so much fun. The music was blasting. Like the competition looked like just insane, just so much energy. And I, Ms. Val approached me and she said, you know, like, uh, what, what do you want to do after this year? And I said, Oh, I'll probably go into tennis, maybe golf. <laughs> and so I didn't even mention gymnastics. And she goes, would you ever come back to do gymnastics? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it depends. I, I don't know how my back is. And so we were having this whole conversation. She was going through routines of mine and she said, well, you know, like college routines are a lot different. Like you would only have to do these skills and you'd have a, a 10 start. And I'm like, no way. Really? And so that's kind of what sparked me thinking about gymnastics again, because I was like, even though I had a back injury, I could do a hack full and I can do giants on bars because it's very straight bodied. 
And we were talking about all the skills that were straight body and not too much like arching or bending. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I actually think that could be possible. So Miss Val, you know, went to my parents and said, we would love to have you if you come back for a full ride scholarship. I was shocked. I'm probably just as shocked as everyone else who I tell this story to. And so my parents, she's like, just sleep on it. And so we go back to the hotel and we're thinking about it. And my mom says this differently, but this is how I remembered it. And I, um, she told me, she's like, I, I really think you should take it. Cause I don't think you're going to get another offer. <laughs> <laughs> because I did. I'm not a gymnast at this point. No one's recruiting me. I'm not even on the Canadian national team anymore. I haven't competed in like, I think over a year. So it was so shocking to me. And I told her, I came in the next day and I was, had this huge smile on my face. And I was like, I would love to come to UCLA for a full ride. Like if I can come back kind of thing. And uh-huh. all the whole UCLA coaching staff was like, Miss Val, you're crazy. What are you doing? Offering this injured athlete. And I think when Miss Val talks about it, she knew that, you know, my family wouldn't push anything out of the boundaries if I wasn't going to be able to do gymnastics. Like she trusted our family. And, um, I, I just knew right there and then I wanted to go to UCLA. And it's so funny because I got a letter a year later from Stanford, um, to get recruited. But then I think after that, everyone knew I was coming to UCLA, but that sparked me wanting to get back into the gym. I panicked. I got home and I was like, I need to find a gym club. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) part of any team. My coaches, you know, weren't, coaching at the time because after I uh, left the gym club closed down and so I had to find new coaching I had to find and you know um, a new teammate or just everything and so that's kind of when um, there was a guy named Kyle Schufeld and he was the first first gymnast ever men and women's to win an Olympic medal and he won a gold medal on floor and his coach actually went into teaching women's gymnastics and I was like I want to work with him but he was an hour away. <laughs> so my parents are like, that's kind of far. So we did the drive to see if we could actually do it. And I did that for two, I think two and a half years. I was at that new gym club and it was a very, very, very slow <laughs> progress because mm. again, I'd only done planks and bird dogs and my back exercises for a year. So I had no upper body strength, no leg strength. It took me, I, I enrolled in that gym, I think in March, April. And that was kind of like coming up to the one year. Yeah. It was March. And I just remember like my coach said, okay, you have till June to get your kit cast the handstand. Best believe it took me that long. It did take me till June to get my kit cast the handstand back. <laughs> like wow. I could not do it. it. It, my strength was not there, but once I was able to build my gymnastics strength back up, I was, getting my skills really fast. And then my coaches had to slow me down because they were like, oh my God, like you, you need to, you need to chill out <laughs> in yeah. the gym. Yeah. So tell me about that gym and what was that gym called? Um, that one was Oakville Gymnastics Club. Okay. And your head coach was Kyle, you said? No, my head coach was Kelly Manjack. Oh, okay. So he was, he was a, Kyle Shufel was his athlete. And then Kelly Manjack was the head coach of that gym club. Okay. Sounds yes. good. Um, yeah. So that's, that was quite the transition. So going from your teammate telling you about college gymnastics kind of reignited that you thought was completely out, right? Yeah. All right. So you were, you mentioned how you had a, had the teammate who encouraged you 
to check out UCLA, especially after what you noticed, she didn't really have a joy for at least club gymnastics and then went to UCLA mm-hmm. and then, you know, learned about Ms. Val, you know, at least learned about her more consciously um, just because yeah. <laughs> also where she had visited, but it wasn't something that you had put in memory, which I think a lot of times when s- something doesn't have really significance to you at the moment, we don't really absorb that information. We kind of, oh, yeah. oh, okay. That doesn't relate to me. So um, yeah. Cause even with where I live now, the town that I live now, um, mm-hmm. funny trail, but what the, the, the um, town that I live now, um, I heard of it before just because, um, where I was. And was oh, hold on. They're knocking on the door. I'm so sorry. Oh, you're good. Go ahead. So the town that I was in or that I am in now, I heard about it from one of my, well, I, I was going to a church in Wisconsin and the pastor was from this area and he had mentioned it before, but to me, it made no significance. So it went over my head. I didn't. <laughs> And then I went to tell him, I was like, hey, I'm going to this place called News Bronzefuls. And he goes, first of all, it's not called News Bronzefuls. Don't say that when you get there. <laughs> Such a big deal because we have like this October festival here and they have oh, cool. throughout the town. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so it's called New Bronzefuls, but people say it. Oh, it's okay. It's like um, Mississauga in Canada. They'll be like Mississauga. And I'm like, that's not it. I'm like, that's not it. Yeah. And, you know, I only bring that up because sometimes there's things in our life where it has no significance to us at the time. So we don't really pay attention. So even like your interaction with Ms. Val, but for Ms. to still be able to see, you know, the potential in, you know, what you could offer and for what be done before, especially taking a risk. Like you had mentioned, she had um, taken this risk and the coaches that were there were like, are you serious about this? Just because, mm-hmm. you know, most people common sense wise, you wouldn't take a, a, a athlete who's injured, especially with back injuries. Right. Yeah. For you sure. Had, you hadn't been competing and to have that where, you know, um, she believed in you, talk to your parents, your parents, you know, um, were great, you know, in, in their um, belief in you and then going to where you sought out a gym, were driving, you know, along go there and to get to the point to eventually um, be back in gymnastics. Right. And even though it was a road, um, it was your, from what I, you know, am understanding that was your first real setback, you know, um, or at least real major setback. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100% because it took a full year to recover. And again, when I came back, I didn't even know if I was going to fully recover. I didn't know if this was a life, time thing. I really wasn't sure. And I just remember after a year, like when I signed up for a new gym club, before I even got in the gym, I had a, I can't remember what exactly it's called, but it's like a movement MRI. So you can actually do planks in the MRI. You can do like um, different positions. And we just had to make sure that my back was stable. And I was so lucky that it hadn't moved. It stabilized. I had grown, I think, like four inches, four or five inches at that time. I was, I was really small. I was four foot seven going into grade nine. So I was tiny. And then I got up to like five foot one, maybe I think it was like five feet, five foot one. And, uh, it finally stabilized and that, that really encouraged me to like sign up to a new gym club. 
and really get all my skills back. And I just remember doing like a cartwheel for the first time and the whole gym knew like I, I was pretty immobile, but my coach, when I signed up said, just bring her in the gym, have her do her planks and stuff um, in the gym just to get to know the girls. Yeah. So I had been literally doing planks and bird dogs, I think for like two months before I even started and got the clearance. Yeah. And it was just hilarious because I remember doing a cartwheel for the first time and all my teammates were like, Oh my God, (laughs) like you did a cartwheel. Like everything was so exciting. It was like, I jumped for the first time and it was, I only did it at the gym. Like I didn't even try to jump at home. And I was so scared that my back would start hurting again. But I was very lucky that I did kip casts and would do like V ups. And there were certain things I avoided. Like I didn't do, a lot of, I didn't do bridges. I didn't roll. Like I didn't do any rolling, like front rolls or back rolls and, um, tuck positions. I was very open. So if you watch my gymnastics, my, it, my back is actually very straight. Like I don't bend a lot. Oh, now how did you, you know, how did you get to the point to be able to get your gymnastics back to be able to be competitive for UCLA and also? Yeah to be able to get to the point where you were hopefully representing, you know, the country of Canada and did yeah. you get to the point where you're able to represent Canada. Yeah. So it was funny because when I, I had my first competition, I think I started again, I got my kip casting essay in June. The first meet was in September. <laughs> so it was a very short amount of time. And I remember my coach said, we don't have to do the full numbers. We could just do like a layout first line. Like I was getting my double bat, double pikes and I was still doing like high level gymnastics. Um, but my stamina wasn't there. So I went onto the beam and it was so funny because my dad's like, wow, she really like a lot slower now because <laughs> before I was so tiny, I was really spastic, yeah. but now I'm like, I was more grown. I was, my gymnastics had a little more, um, flair to it, I guess. And it was interesting because when I was conditioning, I was conditioning in my new body. So I kind of miss that awkward stage of when people are growing and conditioning and they're having a really hard time getting their skills. I think because I conditioned in my new body, the skills came back really easily for some reason. I was taller, so I had to change my technique, but my technique was so ingrained in me that I actually got my skills back very quickly. It was just all the stamina. Then I realized, because I hated conditioning when I was younger, I realized how important conditioning was. <laughs> and so yeah. I I took it more seriously. I pretty much was just training for college-level routines. So I wasn't focusing on anything elite gymnastics. But my first competition back, I fell like five times. It was horrendous. The only thing I hit was vault. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> But I, we had another competition in December and that was called Elite Canada. It's like our halfway point nationals and it's against everyone in Canada. It was a big deal because again, it was like they, everyone thought I had left. I didn't compete in two years and this was the first time I competed in a really long time. And I just remember like, I have nothing to lose. I'm just going to like chuck everything. And I was funny because my coach was like, only do your dismount if you feel really good. Cause again, I was getting really tired of the gym because I had no stamina. And so I ended up like being able to throw everything. I had a really good meet um, and I ended up winning that meet. And it was crazy because I had taken so much time off. I had won my first elite Canada back. And at that point is when I was like, I really think I can do the Olympics again. I had two years. 
or a year and a half before the Olympics. And I called Miss Val and I said, Hey, um, I would love to take a year off after high school when I graduate and go for the Olympics. Is that okay? Is that possible? Or like, how can I go to the Olympics and maybe go to UCLA? She goes, take the time off. You come in right after. So my, it really sparked a fire in me that meet to know I, I'm like, I can be one of the top dogs again. Like it, it was, it was really cool to just be refueled. It was really tough, you know, getting my skills back, the stamina for my skills. Yeah. But, um, again, I just realized the importance of conditioning and my new coach was, he was great. He really treated me like an adult. And so if I didn't want to do it, you know, I have to really put my, like, I have to want it to do it. Yeah. He's not going to force me. And so, and it was great because we had, we had like eight girls in elite gymnastics, like at this gym. So we were all pushing each other every single day. And like, to me, I, again, I feel very fortunate because that gym club was very much like college gymnastics in a way. Like we would cheer each other on. We were very competitive. Everyone was at a very high level. Um, but we were like a family. And so it was, I had so much fun at that gym club and it was a lot more relaxed. Like the last gym club was very elite gymnastics heavy. There were a lot of rules, which is why I think they implemented me in my athletic mindset. Yeah. But this gym club, like I had my you know previous rules that I lived by, but I was more of an adult and I could take control. And I think that's what a lot of girls find when they go into college gymnastics. I just think when I went to college gymnastics, Ms. Val helped me develop those tools to become like a leader and help develop um, getting out of my shell. But it was great. Like it, it almost like worked out step by step where my coach allowed me to take more control of my gymnastics yeah. and communicate more with him. Yeah, no, that's very good. Um, yeah. I think that's very important, especially you know, having that um, that position in that place with your coach where your voice, you know, is, can be heard and your voice matters, and especially with mm -hmm. your and your own body and stuff like that, so you guys can communicate. And, and even with your injury, to communicate what you needed and what things you could do or if you could push more or push less. Because um, sometimes it's a hard balance to be able to trust athletes, you know, with either telling you, how much they can do, you know, if they're mm. pushing themselves or if they are pushing themselves too much, if yes. they're really, you know, doing more damage and you're trying to save them from themselves because mm -hmm. it's about, you know, today, which a lot of times as athletes, you're so worried about today rather than thinking about mm. where, you know, are you going to be able to even hold, you know, a, a backpack, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You had mentioned having a roller bag and stuff like that. Would you want to be able to, to be in that position where you have to do that the rest of your life or yeah. carry groceries or even, you know, if you have your own child, can I hold my own child or is it hurting me so much because of what I did mm -hmm. and choosing to either push past something I shouldn't or being forced to go past something I shouldn't, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's super important. And from the, sound of it is you had great support systems um, from your yes. and from your own family throughout your career, not only at certain points yes. gymnastics. And I think that's what I, again, am very fortunate about. You know, I had a lot of teammates and they all come from different backgrounds, different stories, different gym clubs. And I was very fortunate to have very supportive coaches 
and very supportive parents. My parents have stepped in before where coaches, you know, would say like, oh, um, she needs to watch what she eats because she eats a lot. And if she eats a lot, she's going to start gaining weight. I remember my dad, my dad was like, well, we're Asian. We're like 90% rice. So she's going to eat rice. <laughs> like he said that <laughs> in a coaching meeting. So I think my parents, like it kind of gives you their character that they also know what's best for me. And, you know, they, it's not like we're eating super unhealthy. It's just they were, they said that that is kind of waiting for something. We don't want to have that in our head that, cause I was very skinny. Like I was very tiny as a kid. So it was shocking to my parents that like, she's already so tiny. I was having doctors tell me to eat a burger, but I was eating a ton. I was eating more than my teammates, but, um, I, then again, I think because when I had the coaches, um, Kelly Mandrak, he came from the men's side. He kind of had a men's gymnastics mentality and men's gymnastics is a little more, they let the athletes take control more. I feel like compared to women's gymnastics. And I think too, you know, men develop a little later. So they are a little more of an adult when they get into their prime and gym, the girls are younger. So they kind of need the guidance in a way. Yeah. But that's where the unhealthy um, habits can form. Right. And so I think because he did come from the men's side, we kind of trained like men's gym, like gymnastics. <laughs> and it was very supportive with our teammates. And, you know, he, everyone has their days and, you know, it's always still very ups and downs. It wasn't like perfect every single day. But from what I remember, he always said, like, if you want it, you have to take control. And yeah. there's lots of times I would come to my coach, like, I want to learn this skill. And then sometimes he'd be like, I think you should learn this skill. And it was very collaborative. It wasn't like, again, maybe because when I was younger, I was in a developmental stage. But when I was older, I came back into the gym. I was 17. I think I was 16 or 17. I was pretty much a, a, an adult. I was driving. You know, I was kind of the tail end of high school, um, my senior year of high school. And so a lot of it, I took control and it was awesome that they treated me as an adult because I was an adult. Yeah. Oh, I think that's good. That's very, very good. And important. Now, how did those yeah. take you into college? Was Ms. Val very similar to how your last club coach was? And how was that transition going from club slash national team elite to college gymnastics? Yeah, the good thing. So I think the great thing about Ms. Val is that I, I didn't speak up when I was younger. Like I could talk to the coaches, but if it was like gym girl drama, I like to stay out of it, but on the UCLA team, you're a team and you're only going to be as good as your team. Miss Val, um, when I got to UCLA, it was very team focused and team based. And I actually was two weeks out of surgery. So I didn't really know my place on the team. I was a little more soft spoken because I didn't know anyone there. And it takes me a while to warm up to people if I absolutely don't really feel comfortable. And yeah. so when I was there, there was a lot of freshman year drama. We were always in Miss Val's office and it really taught me to speak up, to say things respectfully and honestly. And yeah. those are things that I was very uncomfortable with. Like I, so in my prior years, I've had a fair share of bullying when it comes to just like girl on girl drama and I never stood up for myself. Like I didn't know how. And my dad actually would 
tell me, like, I need a good comeback line for when people say things to me because I, I would just freeze up and get angry and just kind of not say anything. Yeah. And so Miss Val taught me to break out of my shell and it was a completely different way. Like I think when I was in elite gymnastics and with uh, my club coaches, they really gave me ownership on my gymnastics. Miss Val really helped me to take ownership as a person yeah. and as a leader. And again, because I wasn't competing my first year, I had to learn how to be a teammate. I had to learn how to contribute to a team where I wasn't doing anything. When you're at club gymnastics, if you're injured, you can just stay on the sideline. You don't have to really like break out of your shell to encourage someone because it's a little more individual. Right. But when you're on a team, even an injured athlete still matters. Right. So I learned how to be a teammate. I learned how to be like the best cheerleader. I learned how to lead by example by doing my rehab every day. I learned to um, be a teammate outside the gym because we were there with each other 24-7. Like we're on campus. We're going to school, um, we would do study breaks and all that stuff. And so I, um, Ms. Val just taught me a lot of life lessons. And I, the first thing I remember, the first lesson she had ever taught me, she brought me in her office and she was like, Peng, would you rather be liked or respected? And I'm like, well, I know the answer, but like, of course I'd rather be liked. Like who doesn't want to be liked? And she was like, okay, well, I know, you know, you're wrong. <laughs> like, I know that, but she was telling me why, it's much better to be respected. And the reason why when, when you learn to be respected, you are 100% yourself. If you're trying to be liked, you're trying to mold into something that you're not. You're actually trying to mold into someone else's vision for you. And it's actually going to stress you out more. And right. so the first two years when I was at UCLA, because I was injured, I really, it was, it was a hard lesson learned, but it was, a lesson where I had to learn to get gain the respect for my teammates when I wasn't even a gymnast. Yeah. And I had to gain the respect of how can they trust me, even though I'm not competing, that what I say is valuable, what I say is honest and real. And that's why I think I always go back to if I do say something, I'm saying it honestly, but I'm saying it respectfully. Because, you know, a lot of people can be honest, but it's kind of rude. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of not, you're not really thinking, but I try to when I do say things honestly and respectfully. And Ms. Val definitely taught me that at UCLA and taught me that if I'm just 100% myself, anyone can think anything of me, but I'm true to myself. And when I am that, people re respect me for being me rather than me trying to be someone else. Yeah. And did you, were you able to see that kind of come through for you as you, took on those um, practice, what she kind of talked about and took that on. Was that something you started to actually witness for yourself? Yeah, I, I had a lot of, um, again, there's drama everywhere you go. And I think the thing was, is that I was able to, and it might, again, it might not have been pretty, <laughs> but I was learning to speak up. And sometimes, you know, I, I reacted a little faster than I would have liked but I was able to at least take a breather after and be like, communicate exactly what I mean and do it in a calm manner. And again, a lot of times I, it's like, I put it out on the table, they can accept it or not. And at least I tried instead of me just taking in all of that energy and absorbing everything and then not saying anything. And it's just going to stick with me forever. So it, it was a painful process. I would say I am a lot better at, 
um, approaching people. I still don't like confrontation, but I am able to at least put down in words exactly what I want to say. It's always, it's always awkward bringing up yeah. confrontational things, but at the same time, I can be a little more honest and, um, again, I, I give a lot of kudos to Ms. Val for really pushing me to be a great leader. Yeah. I would say. And, and Ms. Val's great. She sees a lot of potential in everyone. And so she kind of builds on your strength. If you're a silent leader, then she's going to help build you up, maybe to get out of your shell, but also strengthen that, um, that skill you already have and push your boundaries to be more comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Right. No, it's very good. Now, what was, you know, what were other things that you learned from um, Ms. Val and what would you say, you know, that she is to you? Like, would you still consider her a mentor to you? And even during your time as an athlete, a mentor or um, someone that you looked up to, um, someone that you wanted to emulate, anything like that? Yeah, I honestly see all my coaches at UCLA as mentors. I feel like I could talk to them all at any point. And again, I could talk to them about different things. But each coach there, not including Ms. Val, they all taught me different things that I still stick to. Like yeah. Chris Waller was on the team. Randy Lane was also, they were both coaches at UCLA along with Ms. Val. Ms. Val really taught me to speak up honestly and respectfully. Randy taught me to get be comfortable in uncomfortable situations and really go after what I want. Yeah. And um, he knew exactly what I wanted to do, but also gain the tools to be able to enjoy that uncomfortable route of going after my career goals. Chris Waller taught me that if I know the goal and the goal is this, then the uncomfortableness has to happen to reach that goal. Mm. And that really stuck with me too, because I am very goal oriented. And sometimes too, like if I had a knee injury in the gym and I was hurting, but the goal was for me to get better, I have to go talk to the, co like the workout, um, our workout coach and say, Hey, I can't do this today. Yeah. But, or because before I would just kind of not say anything and just push myself. Yeah. But he's like, well, paying, what's the goal? Okay. Well, the goal is to get better. Okay. Then you have to talk to him. Like, ah, you make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, each coach has really taught me something that I've taken and I still consider them all mentors. I talk to Ms. Val a lot. I still call her as I've, you know, entered into my new phase of life. And I realize entering into the new phase of life is like starting gymnastics all over again. It's like learning new skills. There's new people, there's new problems, new drama, but new excitements and new goals. Yeah. So I call her a lot still just to, um, take the pressure off my parents one. Yeah. <laughs> like just something completely different. And, um, she's a little more familiar with the space that I'm in. Yeah. And so, um, I still call her for advice every now and then. I mean, my parents always give me great advice, but sometimes it's nice to have new perspectives too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now it took you six years to do, you know, to fulfill your, um, gymnastics athletic time at UCLA. Now talk yes. about the ups and downs of it. Talk about, you know, your highs and, and compete, mm -hmm. as well as the times where you're injured and what you did to kind of during those injury times and, and to be able to get to that point and then kind of um, conclude by talking about that 2008 season specifically and how that kind of came about for you. Yeah. So 
My first year coming back in gymnastics, again, was my junior year. It was my first time competing as a freshman. Everything was very exciting. It was like I got a floor routine. I was um, going to compete all four events, and I was doing really well my freshman year, just coming back and getting back in shape and all that. And I just love being able to enjoy that side with my teammates. I mean, as much fun it was, as it was to be injured, not really, but like as – much fun as I was enjoying, like just being with the team but not training. I love competing. Yeah. So I was like, whenever I'd watch the girls, I'm like, I can't wait to have that moment where I get to go on the floor and be in, in Poly Pavilion and compete at home. And uh, it was super exciting. 2016 was around the corner. And even though I got injured right before the Olympics, I was like, I, there's still 2016 Olympics. So I actually was training um, my. Uh, senior year my fourth year but that would have been my sophomore competitive season to do the olympics um i was chris waller was very great he was helping me train and we came up with a whole plan and he's absolutely amazing technically and a great coach and so we were training and all that stuff but unfortunately i just kept injuring myself like my body just couldn't keep up with the gymnastics that i wanted to do and so I ended up tearing my meniscus in competition, just landing on the vault landing because that landing is hard mm-hmm. as yeah, that, that landing is so hard. <laughs> and then I ended up tearing my thumb because I was doing a pack salto and I missed my hand on the bar. So my thumb ended up not dislocating or not uh, getting jammed. It completely tore. So I had to go in for two surgeries that year. And I just remember being like, yeah, I, I just truly think the Olympics is just not in my cards anymore. I keep getting injured. I just want to be healthy. And it was actually that year. I was so upset at gymnastics. I didn't want to be there anymore. I hated the sport. And I told Miss Val mid season, like after all my injuries, I said, I want to quit. I'm, I'm about to quit. And she then told me, I said this in the middle of practice. I said, I think I made a decision. I think I'm going to quit. (laughs) And she looked at me and she said, well, Peng, you're going to have to tell your teammates that. And I said, and again, I'm non-confrontational. So I was like, ah, okay, I, I, won't, ruin, I, won't, I won't ruin their spirit in the middle of season. I'll, I'll wait till after season. So I ended up, um, you know, going through the whole season thinking in my mind, like, I want to quit. I don't know if I should. I kind of went back and forth. Yeah. And my parents were very supportive. I think because my mom would always fly down for my injuries and surgeries. She mm-hmm. was kind of, my parents were just, you know, I'm their daughter. They just like don't want to see me every time just drugged up coming out of surgery, like all bruised and injured and like just weak. And so they were very happy to um, support me being like, if you don't want to do it anymore, you don't have to do it. And so I just remember thinking, okay, I have one more year. I have a fifth year, right? Let me just get through the fifth year and see what happens. I still have to finish my degree. And so I might as well just stay for the fifth year and, hopefully not do like vault and floor. Cause at that point I just, my knee couldn't keep up. Yeah. So going to my fifth year, I already didn't have a great attitude. I was like, I don't want to be here. This is like too much for me. School and gym and just everything about it was not for me anymore. I didn't like the conditioning. I already hated conditioning and I wasn't able to go for 2016. That Olympics year just passed. And so it was a hard pill to swallow and I'm like I just want to get my life started so come my fifth year um a swarm of new girls come on the team there's like eight of eight or nine of them there's like nine new freshmen there's so many freshmen and I remember um going into that year it 
it was a lot different. We were having a lot of fun. Like we're still working hard, but there was so much drive in the gym and there wasn't as much, you know, egos coming to play when you're on a team, but also to, uh, I just recognize the talent as well, Mm -hmm. as well as personalities. And I was having a lot of fun my fifth year. I was only competing bars and beam and it was a lot different. Gymnast going into the gym was a lot easier. I wasn't pushing myself on vault, which I don't even like vault. Mm-hmm. And I would much rather compete floor, but everyone was saying that floor is going to be harder on your knee, but I'm thinking vault is so hard on my knee. So I was doing a lot of skills and routines that I really enjoyed. I ended up because when I was working for 2016, I was learning kind of working back at new skills that I had learned before. Yeah. And I, they were really exciting to me. So I added it into my bar routine and I added new combinations on my beam routine. And so I was really enjoying it because I think I was still progressing in a way and yeah. really trying to strive for perfection. Mm-hmm. And so, and perfection in a way, the best routines I could do possible. Yeah. So my fifth year I knew, and it's so funny because Miss Val and all the coaching staff that beginning of my fifth year were like, Oh, you know, you can do a sixth year. I said, absolutely not. (laughs) There is no way I'm coming back for a sixth year. And so they kept asking me, like they kept egging, like asking me if I wanted to come back a sixth year. And every time they would ask me, it was a definite, no, I'm not coming back. Like that is not even what I'm thinking about. Mm. Come mid season. Um, we start competing again. I'm having the time of my life. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it was about my fifth year, but I think it was because I was competing two events. I was so into the team. The team had just had really great energy and it wasn't like, um, in prior years, you know, there's always, there's always team drama, but at the same time, this team came from a place of love for each other. And it was a lot different than I had experienced. And again, everyone was on board. Like everyone wanted to win a national championship. And it's just a mindset was different. And so we were having a lot of fun competing with each other and like dancing. And, um, there was a lot more people who were, uh, just very free spirited. And so in the middle of season, I was having a great time. I was scoring tens. Like I think actually was I scoring tens? I think I scored my first 10, my fifth year. And so it was a long time coming. And I remember Miss Val in the middle of season was like, or was it Randy? One of the coaches was like, so about that sixth year, right? And I was like, you know, if I didn't have to train uh, four hours a day, if I didn't have to do preseason, I would consider coming back. Like, it, kind of for me, it just was the hours and the numbers and, like, all that stuff was too much for me. Yeah. And I just knew my body. I can't do the same amount of numbers everyone else is doing because we would do that preseason, and then I wouldn't be able to compete floor and vault during season. Like, they were pushing me so hard during preseason that come season, I, my body couldn't last. I would, again, I was used to efficient training. So all those numbers were hurting me actually more than helping me. Mm. So when, again, like come, when I train 25 hours a week, I'm used to training very efficiently and I get it done. But it was, it was a fact that they were like, well, your whole team has to do like these numbers. So you have to do it. Cause again, it's fair. Like we're trying to keep it fair. But so we had it, we took a meeting and I didn't think they would actually consider my offer <laughs> of like, you know, not being so intense in the gym and really winding down the numbers. I was like, my knee can't handle the amount you're pushing me to do or not even pushing me, but pushing the team. Yeah. And so we took a very serious meeting. I remember 
really considering it. And I would talk to some of the girls on the team. They were not supportive. Like a lot of people, even not my teammates, people outside the gym were like, why would you want to come back a sixth year? You're already a year older. You need to get your life together. Like you're, you're an adult. You can't just keep coming back to school. It was very, I didn't get a lot of positive reactions mm. that I was going to come back a sixth year. I then shut everyone out. I said, okay, these, this is not helping me make a decision. Um, I think it, I took about like two weeks to decide. Like the coaches were really patient with me. And I just remember talking to my parents and talking to my really close friends. And my mom was just saying, well, this might be a really great opportunity. Think about it. You have your whole life ahead of you to work. This might be a really great year for you to do like a fun minor. You deserve a fun year at UCLA since you were always injured. School was really hard. There was a lot of drama. There was a lot of stress. You deserve like a great fun year. You can also figure out what you want to do with your life during that year. And you get to go to UCLA. Mm. And so, um, I then kind of realized it was more for me than just gymnastics. It was the girls on the team. I really enjoyed their company. I really enjoyed being in LA. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at that time. And it was kind of like, oh, I get to figure it out while I go to school, while I'm doing gymnastics and I get to perform one more time. And so I told them and I said, you know what? I would love to come back for a six year. And then the girls are very supportive. And I think, you know, when I told them my reasoning, it wasn't like, you know, and I feel like you have older people in the gym. They're like, they need to move on with their life. There's just a lot of judgment. And like, why do they still do it? Like they're, they need to like do something else besides gymnastics, but they were very supportive once I told them, you know, why well, I want to come back a sixth year and I wanted to be with the team more time. And so, um, I then had to petition to get my sixth year. So I, I walked in graduation. I waved goodbye pretty much to national championships because I thought it may be my last routine ever. Um, I didn't know until July of 2017 that I got my sixth year. So the whole school season had passed. I had had my last meet. I, I did the senior meet. Like I was get, like waving goodbye. I didn't know if I was going to get the sixth year. So I was kind of like, everything was very up in the air, yeah. but during my sixth year, I always make decisions with a hundred percent certainty. Yeah. So when I committed to the sixth year, I was like, I'm going full in. And that's what my mom said. She goes, you got to be a hundred percent in to do it. And I, I had that mindset going in, but during summer practice and summer training, I was like, I don't know if, this, <laughs> if I made the right decision. Like conditioning is a lot. Like I've been through this speech like five times already, like all the whole spiel of welcome athletes and all that stuff. I kind of just wanted something new. Right. But the training was so good for me. I had done so many mental sets when I was injured. I had practiced those routines a hundred thousand times in my mind yeah. that I didn't train much in my sixth year. I did a full routine like once a week. And then I would do during season, I did a full routine in competition. So I rarely did full routines on balancing because of my knee, my knee was still sore and hurting. Um, bars, I was really focusing on technique. And the great thing is that everyone was supportive. It's not like they're like, Oh, why does Pang get to do less numbers right. or anything? Everyone knew that I had this injury. I wasn't lasting. And so there was so much support in my sixth year. And during season, I ended up deciding to vlog the whole thing. Cause I'm like, it, okay, now this is my last year. I want to remember it. I, 
was enjoying all my teammates. My teammates were, the seniors were great. They were communicative. We came together as a team. We wanted to win a national championship. It was like, in previous years, you know, you have like freshmen on the team. They don't really care as much. Like, and not, not to say that's every time, but like, you're a freshman. You don't really know the weight of it. Yeah. But for some reason, everyone on that team wanted to win a national championship. Even the, the managers, they put like a national championship string, like in our locker room. And, um, there was just so much love that year. It was like the best year ever. And I did a theater minor. So my schooling wasn't like intense. I was just doing a minor. Um, I still had like one class left for my degree, but I was having the time of my life. Like it it was so much fun being at UCLA. It was a lot less stressful. It wasn't like I was studying crazy and training crazy. It, I really enjoyed it. And I think that exuberance helped me to be a great leader and amongst my other seniors that year. Yeah. And I think that's where 2018 comes in and the championships because we had carried this love for each other throughout all of season. Mm. And I think we were able to talk about the hard things early on where I think in previous years, the hard things kind of trickled in and kind of dragged on for a while. Yeah. But there was so much support. Like everyone was very understanding. Everyone was very open to each other. Yeah. And that doesn't normally happen where everyone is open to each other. You know, there's, it's like a bunch of, there's always bound to be drama, but everyone was open to listening and respecting one another. And so when we were at the championships, if you watch it, we were like fifth out of sixth place. Like we were not doing well. And again, we had that mindset of we're going to win national championship, but we were kind of all getting uh, distraught halfway throughout the meet. Cause we're like, we should be up there, but now we're fifth. So we're going to try for a strong second place here. And I remember like we went lights out after the third rot or after our buy rotation. So halfway throughout the meet, we were going like, crazy on bars, crazy on beam. If you watch the meet, everyone's crying. Like one of my teammates was crying on bars because one of our seniors PR'd and one judge gave her a 10 or like the first 10 of her career kind of thing. So it was, it was so cool because everyone was so supportive. We're all hugging each other. My one teammate's crying. I'm like, dude, you need to stop crying. You're first up on beam. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm like, what are you doing? Like wipe those tears. And so it was, but we were just all so close. Like we could yeah. just tell each other straight up. We could um, hug each other, cry with each other. Like it was an incredible year. So when we got to the balance beam, we knew we were going to kill it because the balance squad was just so strong. We had a fall, but it wasn't even like we were worried. We just didn't have any idea we were going to win. Yeah. And I think, which makes it more enjoyable because we were able to really enjoy the time with our team and we really treated it like this is the last time with our team, this team specifically. So we want to enjoy every single moment. And then winning was like the icing on the cake. It was, it was so surreal. Like I, I was in shock. I think for about two weeks after it was, it was crazy. Now, what did you learn about yourself and about your team in that year, spe- uh, specifically when it came to you guys winning that national championship and everything that it took leading up to that point? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I learned about myself is that I compete at my best when I think I'm performing and when I'm having fun. And I think that was a lot of the girls at the time. I've also learned my sixth year that 
every person is different. Everyone gets motivated differently. Everyone stresses out differently and learning how everyone functions is, was the greatest thing I could have learned. Cause I take it into like my life today. It's like, I have to understand that that the way I react might not be the way someone else reacts. So I have to, you know, put myself in their shoes or, um, really try to understand where they're coming from. So I've become a lot more, um, I've learned to like listen to my teammates a lot more and just listen to people's stories and without just jumping to conclusion. And the one thing that I also learned during my last year is that the results don't matter if the people who you are surrounded with, I truly think that your successes in life are kind of like the icing on the cake, but it's the memories you make along the way. That's what make, that's what makes life so sweet. Like that's, why it was so much fun my sixth year. And I take that into the real world today. It's like, you get so focused on, I need to succeed. I need to make this goal. I have to do this. But you forget that the journey is like, that's what makes life, like that takes up majority of the time instead of just reaching that goal. That goal could be like a minute and 30. You know what I mean? Like it could be a second pass. But if you really take the time to enjoy the process of that, then life is just going to be so much better. Yeah. <laughs> and I still, and I, it's crazy. I still talk to a lot of my teammates from that year. We still call each other. We hang out. We, I feel like I could talk to any one of those girls and we would have each other's backs just because of our background. Yeah. And even if we hadn't talked in a really long time, you know, everyone's moved and people of their lives move on and all that stuff. But I truly feel like if we all get together, it's kind of like nothing's changed. It's like, we still have all those like same feelings. And, um, I, it was a great, it was a great way to end my career. Like I could not have dreamt of a better way to end my career. It was, it was, I don't know. It was just insane. Like it it was crazy. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. Especially, you know, being able to all the hard work that you had put in and all the Mm -hmm. setbacks that you had from going all the way back to um when you had your first back injury well your first back injury right all the mm-hmm. way to this moment and especially you could have missed this moment right because you're yeah. considering not doing your sixth year and if you mm-hmm. did do your sixth year you wouldn't have this memory yeah for sure so having the culmination of all the work that you did all the lessons that you learned and all the sacrifices that you made being able to finish on top, literally uh-huh. on top, and really on top by the slightest of margins, you know, really, yeah. <laughs> really, um, it, you know, speaks a lot about how everything leading up to that moment was purposeful and important, right? Because uh-huh. Even because the margin was so, so, so small and having you anchor, yeah. you know, if you took one more turn, you know, during, um, your training, it could have not prepared you or put you in a position where you couldn't even handle it. Your knee couldn't handle, you know, making a beam routine. And that could have been costly for you guys. But, you know, as you also mentioned, the, the relationship you guys had and the, the way you guys went about that season, especially specifically that, that year, that 2008 year was a trying, year for gymnastics especially in the u.s yes. and yeah. um even for a lot of your teammates um mm-hmm. and some of the coaches um that were part of that 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 team um specifically in in um 
uh, Jordan, right? There, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that, um, could have really, um, derailed things just because mm-hmm. of, um, where people's, um, mindsets were even just emotions were and just the the landscape of um gymnastics was and to be able to still um get to that point where you guys you know were able to come together uh miss val had mentioned this and you had mentioned this the love that you guys had for each other um got you guys to the point where you guys were able to come together at the biggest Mm -hmm. time and um win a national championship especially against a program that (laughs) <laughs> been it, dominating the <laughs> exactly right and so um that speaks a lot and i think that you know um you can't really ever um script that's like mm-hmm. that story right um and especially even for your for yours not a lot of people can say they've done what you've done and have accomplished mm-hmm. what you've done with the setbacks that you've had right thank you a lot of times most people will quit or, you know, have an Mm -hmm. out because again, what we mentioned earlier, doing things, um, so that tomorrow we're not, you know, paying a consequence that, um, that really is a high price, like not being able to hold a child or being able to do things. I really love just because I took too many turns on a, on an injury that I shouldn't have. Right. But yet mm-hmm. yours worked out to where you had supportive coaches yeah. to be there who built you up and you had a family that was there who supported you. And you guys, you know, you finished off winning again, the, the national championship and seeing all that hard work, you know, mm-hmm. come together, right. And those are things that people just dream of. And people who may have been in your position don't even dream about. They're like, uh, yeah. hurt. So <laughs> why should I even dream about? winning a national championship, especially in that manner, right? Yeah, for sure. I think, again, I'm so fortunate to have the support that I have. And, you know, it's not to say that I had my, I had my own drama. I had lots of um, negative experiences, but I think that didn't happen with my support system. Mm. And I think I realized like how amazing my family is how amazing my coaches were, even though, you know, there's times where they're hard on you that you don't agree with them, but in the grand scheme of things, they've taught me a lot. And I think too, knowing that I didn't identify fully as a gymnast because I was in, you know, in the arts, I was doing music. I was doing um, a lot outside of gymnastics really helped me to shape also who I was. Right. And I knew that I was more than just gymnastics. Yeah. And I, and I've always had that mindset. I think that really helped me to, um, know, even if I got injured, it's like, well, I can do ping pong <laughs> or I could do like golf or I don't know. There's just always things that I can do. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why people think that I don't have, uh, like I don't get very sad about my injuries. I do get really sad, but I also get out of it very quickly because there, my support system was there to help me to realize there's so many things I still can do yeah. rather than focus on, Oh, you're injured. You can't do much. Right. It's, but it's like, no, you're injured. All right. Well, I guess I can still go to school. I can still play guitar. I can still, um, you know, bake. Maybe I'll try some recipes and, um, there's still lots of things I can do. And it, I've, I've been very fortunate. I've, I've realized and recognized that I've had a very, um, great gymnastics career besides okay. all the injuries. It's been 
it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Now, what is something, you know, to kind of leave to the viewers and the listeners, especially mm -hmm. young athletes who are going yes. through their gymnastics process and even to collegiate athletes, what would you like to tell them? Yeah, I want to tell them that, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs. There's always going to be the hard times. But I, when you are in those hard times, just remember why you do gymnastics. Why are you doing gymnastics? And I always take it back to, like, I just love competing. I love the sport. And sometimes, you know, you have to do the conditioning because in order to get better, you have to do a little things that make you uncomfortable to get better. But I also know that whatever happens, happens. It's meant to be. And even if it's not the way you see yourself, like for me, it's like I saw myself going to the Olympics at a very young age. I had very high goals for myself, but I don't regret anything because I went into those years with no regret. Yeah. And so I can at least say I tried. I was still had an amazing career. And if it's not in gymnastics, it might be somewhere. There might be another amazing thing somewhere else waiting for you. So just know that. These moments are for you to enjoy and not put so much pressure on yourself in the gym. And, yeah. you know, remember that everything that happens, there's always a little life lesson to learn. Yeah. And to celebrate the little things because sometimes practice can be very, very hard, <laughs> very, yeah. you know, um, like brutal. But sometimes I'm like, you know what? I pointed my toes in my release because I never point my toes. And that, yeah. that's a win for the day, you know? Yeah. So, to really take it back um, and know that if even if you take a couple steps back, you're not going to lose a lot. Like sometimes it, you need to take a couple steps back to move forward. Like right. I had, I had, I would lose my pack full every now and then. Like sometimes I just couldn't do it. I couldn't like, couldn't complete it. I didn't know what I was doing. I would get lost. But then I remember like I would have to take a couple days off of it and I'd come back and it was fine. Yeah. No, it's very good. I think that's super important, you know, for people to hear, especially, um, you know, a story like yours, a story that can be really inspiring, inspiring to not only athletes, but inspiring to coaches as well as um, uh, parents, because you touched on bases, like all bases in regards to you as an athlete, um, how um, you had a fun way of thinking about gymnastics and why you why you enjoyed it as well as the support system. You know, you had coaches who really cared about you and supported you as well as having parents who really cared about you and supported you and what you wanted to do and allowed you to also to be able to be a kid. But mm -hmm. yeah. Also get to the pinnacles of the sport, right? If it wasn't for injuries, I'm sure, you know, we would have seen you on big <laughs> stages, at least one or two Olympics, right? Um, the 2012 and 2016, at least, you know, where you were trying to pursue those. Um, but again, not everything is meant to be for someone, but it mm -hmm. still doesn't um, take away from their story and their testimony. And I think, you know, being able to share with the gymnastics community that you can still, um, you can go about gymnastics in a different way and still yeah. have fun and still uh, be productive, right? You addressed even yeah. the, the amount of time being in the gym. You know, mm -hmm. that's sometimes um, somewhat of a debate, you know, to, mm -hmm. to be the best, sure. have to be in the gym, you know, more than, uh, you know, some people work a, a job, you know, and do you have to commit everything? You know, can you not do this or can you not do that? You know, um, and having a, a healthy structure to how you're doing it, you know, again, reiterating the healthy support 
um, part of things. Yeah. And I think again, too, like I, everyone's different. Maybe my training doesn't work for everyone. Maybe focusing on things outside the gym doesn't work for somebody. But for me, I needed that. <laughs> and yeah. I think my parents knew that. And my coaches, like they don't really see me at home, but I think that's where I picked UCLA because Ms. Val knew I wanted to go do all the things that I wanted to do. And she supported me in that. And it was that support. I just also would choose gyms that I liked and I felt comfortable and confident in. Um, not to say that there are obviously days that were really hard and, you know, I'd come home crying a lot, but at the same time I had my parents to pick me back up during those times. Cause again, yeah. I truly think when you're younger and it's unfair to say a kid needs to be able to get out of their stresses or figure it out kind of thing. Mm. But you're still learning. You need someone, I think, in my opinion, to, well, for me personally, I need someone to guide me to right. show me how to get out of those states when I'm am injured. I, I remember when I first got injured, I was so sad. Like it, it was very hard. But then again, I had great support to show me this isn't the end all be all. There's so much more. Like it's, it's not like, you know, uh, they, they just knew me really well. My parents knew me really well. And, um, I picked coaches that, were able to work with me in that type of manner. And right. so again, it was, um, I'm very fortunate to have met the people who I had met and I've, I've learned a lot from everyone who I come across. So it's, yeah, I'm again, very, very fortunate. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for taking time to share your story and to be yes. on conversations and share with all the listeners and all the viewers, your story and, uh, what, made Peng Peng who she was and uh, super excited for the things that you have going on um, post gymnastics and I hope you know life is going great and I hope your body has recovered and, and <laughs> is really hurting um, too bad or anything like that so um, thank you everyone for jo uh, joining on this episode of Heated Conversations and again thank you Peng Peng for joining this episode um, you guys can follow her on social media on TikTok I know she has a, a huge following on um, TikTok <laughs> and, and, and Instagram so I'll plug her Instagram and her TikTok and her social medias below um, feel free to ask any questions leave comments on the videos please um, subscribe and share um, love to kind of get this out especially to the younger athletes to be able to get inspiration from this uh, podcast and again, have a great one. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Heated Conversations.